Welcome to Shear Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will continue to listen to the Bible teaching on heavenly authority delivered by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, at our Sunday service. Pastor has been winding down a study of the book of Judges by looking at the perversion that arose in Israel under the absence of a strong central authority and how the people abused the freedom given them by God. And he ended last time in Judges chapter 17 with the account of the Ephraimite Micah who so represented his kinsmen at that time. He is a man who stole from his own mother and then with his mother built a household shrine with idols, including an image to the Lord, ephods, and his own son as a priest, an idolatrous mockery of the true tabernacle. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he continues the Sunday message. In those days, verse 6, verse 6, what does it say? In those days, there was no king in Israel. There's no center governmental structure. There's no king. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. There's no king in Israel, verse 6, and everyone does what's right in his own eyes. You know, later on, we'll read how the people want and demand a king for security purposes. And God will use this desire of theirs for a king to unite the faith under Saul and ultimately under David, which we spoke about. But just because God doesn't require nor want a king initially doesn't mean everyone should do their own thing. Rather, God should be king, and we shouldn't trample on, we should not mock the liberty that God gives to us. The most perfect way is by the Spirit, all led, all united, by the Spirit and holiness. The Lord of Moses forbids what Micah's doing here. And you notice how Micah and his mama, they have a little faith in Yahweh, they speak about Yahweh, but it's not authentic faith. It's not true faith. It's perverse. And this is free religion. A little of this, a little of that, and a lot of modern religion, a lot of modern Christianity is very much like this. Now, there was a young man, verse 7, from Bethlehem in Judah. Of the family of Judah, he was a Levite and was staying there. There was a young man from Bethlehem in Judah of the family of Judah, but he was a Levite, one of the, the Levite towns in Judah, and was staying there. The man departed from the city of Bethlehem in Judah to stay wherever he could find a place. So here's a Levite. This is even better because Micah makes his son a priest, but his son's from the tribe of Ephraim. A Levite's a little closer to Moses' system. He's not a son of Aaron, so he really shouldn't still be a priest. But he's a little closer. He's a Levite. And he's a roaming Levite. He's a loner Levite. And you say, well, what happened to all those Levitical cities that they were supposed to establish based on the law of Moses? where the people were to go for religious instructions. Obviously, it's not working out the way God had told them what to do when they come into the promised land. 
and they've they've gone off wandering. Even the Levites are wandering, and how loose everything has become in their freedom. It says, then he came to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, as he's journeying, looking for a place to stay, and he comes to Micah's house. Verse nine, and Micah said to him, "Where do you come from?" So he said to him, I'm a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I'm on my way to find a place to stay. I need a place to go. And Micah said to him, dwell with me and be a father and a priest to me, and I will give you ten shekels of silver per year, a suit of clothes, and your sustenance. So the Levite went in. Then the Levite was content to dwell with the man and the young man became like one of his sons to him. So Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and lived in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord Yahweh will be good to me, since I have a Levite as priest. The NIV says in verse 10, Micah says to him, Live with me and be my father and priest. And I'll pay you. I'll give you 10 shekels a year, which is about four ounces of silver a year, plus your clothes, plus room and board. And they make this deal. And obviously this Levite has seen Micah's house, and he sees that he has all these idols that he's supposed to officiate before, but he accepts it. And you notice the making by men, by Micah and his mama, of authority trying to make God's authority by purchasing someone, hiring someone to be the household priest or the household minister. He understands there's some legitimate authority that God has given the Levites, but God has not given them this authority. This is false religion. This is a perversion of authority. It's gone off on a wrong direction. And so Mike is going to give him a little more authority. I'm going to pay you to be my household priest. And I'll make you somebody. I'll pay you. And then you can lead me in spiritual matters. You can be my father and priest. I buy you. You work for me. Then you lead me in the things that are spiritual. And it becomes like a career. This Levite, who does have a purpose in God's plan in the original way, in the pure way, who has now perverted himself, he has a career here. He's looking for some place to stay, and he's hired. And sometimes church leadership situations deteriorate into a very similar spirit. People like having, it's convenient to have your own personal minister, your own personal priest. Uh, it's as though you're buying favor with God. Now, there's legitimate, this is obviously not legitimate whatsoever, right? This is idolatry. But even in legitimate biblical situations, uh, it's right for leaders to receive support for their ministry. Jesus said, a worker is worth his keep. But they're answerable to God. It's not a career hiring situation. My career is to be a minister and looking for a church to hire to say, look, we're going to hire you and you're going to tell us what we want to hear. Micah wants to be told his idols are okay. What he and his mom have done, it's okay. And I just found a Levite that'll tell me it's great 
and I'll pay you, and you stay at my house, I'll give you clothes, I'll give you room and board. Sometimes, even in legitimate situations, it can deteriorate to a point that the minister is being hired by the people to tell them what they want to hear. It's not that he's doing his ministry before God, and they're recognizing that ministry and giving him the proper support. Rather, it becomes employer-employee, and so, since I'm your employer, you're going to be my spiritual father. You're going to teach me, but remember, you work for me. You're never to have that in the New Testament church. Rather, the legitimate ministers are supposed to work for God. They're his servants, not the people's servants. They serve the people as he gives them the ministry. But it's never supposed to be a hiring situation. People like a personal priest. People like personal gurus that will tell them what to do in spiritual matters. That's what you see in the New Age realm of American society, how much money people will pay to have some New Age guru tell them that they're channeling someone from Atlantis or give them some New Age creed. It's nice to have a personal priest to talk a little religion with. And this is human nature, and it's wrong. This man is a young man. We're going to learn. We're not going to see it this week. We're going to learn something very interesting about the identity of this young man. Some of you know it already. But notice that Micah installs him. He consecrates him. He consecrates him. Well, who consecrated the priests at the tabernacle? We study that. Moses consecrated Aaron and his sons. So Micah now, this idolater who stole his mother's money, has become in the place of Moses consecrating this priest. And the young man, it says what? The young man became his priest. Not not God's servant, not God's Levite. He became Micah's own personal priest. And Micah says, well, now I know Yahweh will be good to me. He says, I have a Levite. I got a real Levite here as a priest. Wow. You say, well, he knows so much of the law to know that Levites are important, but doesn't he know everything else? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't care. In their freedom, they've gone off in the lack of authority, of strong authority, because they would not submit themselves onto God. And they don't have a king to centralize the country. They've gone every which direction. Their freedom, which should be a good thing, has hurt them. And it's all a mishmash. It's all mixed together. It's all muddied. It's partial religion. How many people today might say, gee, I would like to receive a blessing from Jesus, and yet see nothing wrong in reading their astrology report in the newspaper, or living outside of marriage, or playing with tarot cards, or saying, well, I'm a Christian, I like the Bible, and then talking about how they believe in evolution or believe in reincarnation. We have a lot of people in American society that are in the same category as Micah. They have a Micah kind of Christianity. They're confused, it's chaotic, and it's a perversion of the truth. They believe a little bit of everything. They believe in Jesus, they'll have a yin-yang hanging from their car mirror, and they mix a little of this and a little of that. And they'll use the name of Jesus as freely as Micah and his mama use the name of Yahweh. Confusion, chaos. 
Now, we're not going to start today and look at what happens with Micah. We'll see his idolatry affects a whole tribe of Israel, where a whole tribe of Israel winds up staying and living. But we'll leave that, Lord willing, to the next time. I just want to close. There have been different points in Christian history where things have been freer. They've been looser. They've been less structured, even as in the book of Acts, right? In the book of Acts, you have the church at this town, the church at that town. And at the churches, you would have elders and pastors. But you had no large authority or central authority structure. There was a lot of freedom in the spirit in the book of Acts. But as in Judges, some people will go astray. They'll go off on apostasies, tangents of the faith. And you also see that early on in Christian history. Early on in the history of the church, there were so many different, different tangents that they would go off on, apostasies that came into the church. Gnosticism and people that were almost converged to Jehovah's Witnesses today, Arianism. And so what happens is a fear. The fear is if the authority is too loose, if there's no hierarchy, if there's no structure, Look what these people do. They go off on this tangent, and they say they're Christian, and that tangent they say is Christian. Many of the councils that were called in the early Christian church uh, were to deal with these apostasies. We value your comments. All correspondence should be mailed to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518 Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Also, let me invite you to our Sunday service. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jeshub.